Stay tuned for the Sean Casey Show, a podcast for Patriots, the Casey Commentary. Welcome back. It is the Sean Casey Show, a podcast for Patriots, Saturday version and edition. It's the Casey commentary today, draining the GOP swamp. You know, when President Trump, uh, former President 45, uh, was uh, first um, inaugurated and transitioning into office, one of the drawbacks of coming outside the Beltway, uh, and believe me, uh, we love the fact that he was a businessman and wasn't part of the swamp. Remember, he was talking about draining the swamp, et cetera. Uh, but the swamp has deep tentacles. The swamp, we didn't know how deep it really was. We didn't know that there were uh, the two terms of Obama appointees and hires and every single federal agency uh, were as deep and as committed to Obama uh, and to transforming America and to fighting uh, Donald Trump at every step of the way, uh, kind of miss, um, I guess, underestimated uh, just how bad the problem really was. And that's really, uh, imagine all the things that Donald Trump was able to accomplish uh, in his one term uh, and the next term, hopefully, uh, coming uh, in 2024, uh, was the fact that uh, he could have done a lot more if it weren't for uh, the swamp dwellers. And we all know who the swamp dwellers are. They're, they're basically, uh, radical, progressive, Democrat Marxists, uh, people like Hillary Clinton that helped dream up the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion story, uh, and even had people at the FBI, uh, you know, do on, um, the unauthorized, actually they were authorized, but there was no reason to authorize these searches of these FISA warrants, uh, that they lied about. Uh, and then they spied on General Flynn, candidate Trump, then President Trump, uh, with the knowledge of Obama and Biden and Susan Rice and Valerie Jarrett and all of the above. So the Democrat swamp we knew was going to be a problem. What we really failed to predict was how the establishment Republicans were going to react. And the establishment Republicans, I've long said and maintained that in our un- the uniparty, as we call it, it's not a two-party system. It is a uniparty of establishment, Republicans, and progressive uh, leftist Democrats. They take turns driving the bus every four years, every eight years, and we see the same things happen. Uh, the size of government continues to grow. The deficits up to, what, $30 trillion national debt right now. Uh, very few people come in and want to change the things. Uh, the main reason why, the two reasons why Trump had to spend so much money, one was to rebuild our military. And, uh, by the way, just a quick plug here for Bill O'Reilly's new book, Killing the Killers. I've read it. It's excellent. You read about some of this technology that Trump had to spend money on that took out, uh, people like Soleimani and al-Baghdadi and, uh, you know, reduced ISIS to dust. Uh, but they are just, um, again, that, and that had to be rebuilt. We were cannibalizing parts, uh, if our Air Force, for our Navy, and to his credit, President Trump made our military, uh, the envy of the world once again. And they're fine, uh, warriors. And uh, I want to tip my cap to them and thank them for their service. But the other thing is we got hit with COVID. And so that's the other thing that led to the incredible uh, spending. Uh, but then there's a swamp. And the, the establishment Republicans are just as addicted to federal government and federal spending as the Democrats are. There's literally no difference between them. 
And we could sit there and name all the names. And one of these days we might do that. I years ago came up with the most dangerous rhino list uh, in the uh, in in the country today. And uh, we may do that again in a future episode. Uh, but the two most dangerous, uh, number one, sing along with Mitch McConnell, a.k.a. the turtle, in the Senate. This guy is, uh, uh, he's got to go. Um, and I, I hope and pray uh, one day that uh, somebody will challenge him. He's getting up there in years. I'm not wishing any ill will or ill health. I just think I can't wait for the day Mitch McConnell uh, retires or um, is gone. Because uh, then we'll get some new, fresh leadership in the Senate, whether that's uh, Rand Paul or somebody else. Uh, we don't know. Over in the House, the problem is Kevin McCarthy and his leadership team. Uh, yes, even Steve Scalise and uh, Kathy uh, Morris-Rogers and uh, even uh, uh, Lee Stefanik. And before that, it was Liz Cheney. Remember her? Liz Cheney is now working for the other team. She's batting for the other team now uh, for the Democrats. And But really, they're on the same team after all, aren't they? And that's the reason McCarthy was so comfortable. He didn't really fight it. And he put up a, a meager protest that, oh, they kicked Jim Jordan and Jim Banks off the J6 committee, and instead they put Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. He should have sued to stop that immediately, pull out all the guns, every parliamentary trick that he could in the book. Instead, he went uh, very meekly and mildly into the night. Kevin McCarthy uh, is uh, he's, he's addicted to power. He's addicted to the concept of being the next speaker of the United States. Hopefully that will never happen. I would be rooting for Jim Jordan at this point. But let me just tell you exactly what we're dealing with here with McCarthy. And after J6, of course, uh, that is, uh, there were, you now look, it was very chaotic, very hectic uh, in Washington. Uh, but Republicans were very quick to jump ship. Republicans like McConnell who uh, had said something along the lines, according to this new book, uh, it's out by the New York Times writers, that good, now the Democrats can take care of our problem, meaning uh, get rid of Trump. Kevin McCarthy, he was uh, on a phone call uh, to uh, the House Republican leadership two days after the Capitol Hill uh, riot, uh, or incident known as J6. And here is what he told some of his leadership on the phone call that day, and and on the call, Liz Cheney, his leadership team, and other prominent Republicans. Here is what Kevin Swampratt McCarthy said about uh, President Trump. Yeah, but what the president did is atrocious and totally wrong. Um, from the standpoint, we're 12 days away. I mean, the one point I'd make with Biden, if you have an impeachment and you're stuck sitting in the Senate, and he needs cabinet members. You've got Secretary Sanders. You've got a lot of things that you've got to have moving. And if you think from a perspective, you put everything else away. This country is very, very divided. I mean, I've got people I've never thought would be in this type of position. That very sophisticated. They think this thing is going to be different. They're angry. They want to continue to fight. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, so he said what the president did was atrocious. What the president did was he held a rally to point out to the people that, yes, uh, there is great debate and question whether or not this election should be certified based on the fact that it was stolen. Trump knew it. We all knew it. Uh, now there's evidence of it. Uh, they didn't have the evidence then. Unfortunately, no court would hear it. Uh, and uh, the Republicans were part of that. Let's sweep it under the rug. Uh, and remember, it's, our, it's, it's the Democrats' turn to drive the bus. So Kevin McCarthy calling uh, again. And also, he said in earlier tapes that we played, he thinks Trump uh, should have resigned at that time. 
But instead, they were um, talking or beating the impeachment drum on Capitol Hill. Once again, uh, the minority leader, Kevin McCarthy. I do think the impeachment divides the nation further and continues to fight even greater. Um, that's why I want to reach out to Biden. I wanted the president to meet with Biden, but that's not going to happen. I want to see about us meeting with Biden and sitting down, make a smooth transition to show that and continue to keep those statements going. Um, so hopefully, I know he's going to talk to Pelosi, but he's going to, but hopefully he calls me today um, and see if we can start that process. And, uh, of course, he wanted to sit down. Trump, Trump wasn't going to sit down with uh, Chairman Joe. that just con- ran a campaign from his basement and conspired to steal an election. The most uh, votes ever for a sitting president, 75 million. And it's estimated that at least five to six million uh, of the 81 may have come just from the illegal ballots that should have been tossed out. That would have been very interesting, wouldn't it have been? And that's not even counting the Dominion voting machines, the dead voting, uh, and, uh, and, and the people that voted twice, et cetera. So clearly this election was stolen. McCarthy wanted nothing about that. He, he wanted to try Trump to cut a deal with Biden to avoid having him try to impeach him for the second time. Remember that. Then, of course, the, uh, the discussion turned to how else can we get rid of Trump? He asked his floor director, legislative floor director, John Landowski, uh, as to uh, what are the Democrats saying? What are they up to? What What do you think they're um, uh, concocting? I think the options that have been cited by the Democrats so far are the 25th Amendment, which um, is not exactly an elegant solution here. That takes too long, too. It could go back to the House, right? Correct. If the president were to submit a letter overruling the cabinet and the vice president, the two-thirds vote in the House and Senate overrule the president. So it's kind of an artful... Uh, Obviously, impeachment has been discussed, and then, I, I mean, I think they want him to resign, which I don't see happening either. So there you have it. You have McCarthy, when when the 25th Amendment comes up, and that's where, you know, the cabinet basically, they gather the cabinet, they hold a vote, and then uh, they rule the president's incompetent to uh, to further lead. Uh, if anyone should be 25th, it's uh, it's Joe Biden. But then we'd get Cackle and Kamala, so uh, no great solace or comfort there. But this is the leader of the Republicans in the House, basically, well, that would take too long. It would go back to the House, then we got all these these votes to hold. So, um, again, he knew that Trump wasn't going to resign. He knew that uh, Democrats were going to try to impeach him, and they weren't going to have be successful because Trump did nothing wrong. And then three, they discussed the 25th Amendment. Uh, so, now, somehow, Donald Trump still has somewhat, I don't know if it's faith, certainly it's not trust, um, but maybe it's one of those... Uh, instances where he said he's okay with with Kevin McCarthy. They're in a good place right now. And maybe that's because it's the old adage to keep your friends close, uh, but your enemies closer. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Don't forget new episodes of the Sean Casey Show, a podcast for patriots, drop each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And the Casey Commentary happens on Saturday. Thank you so much for downloading, sharing, subscribing. Please make sure you rate and review us. And make sure you have a happy Mother's Day tomorrow. And we'll join you on Monday for the next episode. Until then, remember to stay free.